1: The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast.
0: He's got 28, lost it there. Ball tried to bait man into a foul, said it's hammers at home. Kevin Durant, high and mighty. And the biggest lead of the night for the Phoenix Suns.
1: The Phoenix Suns defeated the Los Angeles Clippers in L.A. to take a lead in the series 2-1. Sam, how are you doing? Hello, sir. It
2: 15 a.m. on the East Coast as we commence this <laughs> podcast. So this one might be a little bit shorter than the last one, just to have some mercy on me. I am good. Devin Booker is sensational. Uh, I called him on Twitter tonight, the greatest son of all time. I stand by that. And yet... The Phoenix Suns might still be in trouble even after they win a game. I don't really know what the tone of this podcast is supposed to be. I think <laughs> it's kind of going to develop as we go along because they won the game, but there are still a lot of issues. And yeah, I don't really know where you where you start. I think we have to start just with, with um, a applauding book on that effort. Yeah. 45, let me read the stats off, 45 points on 18 Jeez. of 29 shooting, 3 for yeah. 7 from deep, 6 for 7 from the free throw line he also had 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks and 0 turnovers. Jeez. Mike Was this Absurd. His, Was this his best playoff probably still not his best playoff I, game. I don't ever. think you
1: can say that. He's had he has just crazy games. The triple double against the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals for example, but in in this game in particular so much was riding on him in a way that you don't expect to happen when you have Kevin Durant on the team and he came through. He really, he really came through. Uh, you know, if it wasn't the best of his career, it's up there. Um, you know, and I, th- I think you're right. It's just a weird game because the Suns won, and they won mostly because of Devin Booker, but. They didn't play well, no, you know, for the most part. They, play. they played badly. Other than Booker, who was
2: sensational, and KD, who was fine. He wasn't like his usual Kevin Durant, but he was still, you know, a good basketball player. Uh, and Tory Craig hit his shots. That was great. Most of the other guys on the team were pretty Biombo, awful.
1: Biombo 18. Biombo, Biombo okay. B- plus 18. Biombo was awesome. In a game they won by five points. Mostly the issue is...
2: This is supposed to be a team. Everyone said going into the playoffs, this is going to be a team. I don't know if Big Four was like a, a, a term that was thrown out there. but Not really. W- not really. Everyone
1: but, knows there's a difference, right? But the <laughs> way that – but okay,
2: if there were three tiers on this team, you had clearly Kevin Durant and Devin Booker firmly in Tier A. Then you had Tier well, B. In
1: this game, you had Devin Booker in Tier no, A. No, no, no. But I'm just, ta- I'm just talking <laughs> I'm just talking about what this
2: team was supposed to be on paper going in. And this okay, is the way we talked it, about yes. them. This is the way the national analysts talked about them. It was Durant and Booker in Tier A. Paul and Aiton in Tier B as like, these are still two really, really good players. And then everyone else was in Tier C and people started questioning the depth and do they have enough, yada, yada. And the way that they played tonight, and, and even just in this series in general... Paul and Aiton, at best, they look closer to being in tier C certainly than they do in tier A. Yeah. And at worst, yeah. you could maybe say that actually Torrey Craig is tier B and Chris Paul and DeAndre <laughs> Ayton are tier C. And they are the guys yeah. who are doing nothing. They are contributing in a game like this in particular. And I think for different reasons. You know, Chris, great that he shot, uh, you know, eight threes. He was at least trying to capitalize on it. We've demonstrated in the past that... Uh, His catch-and-shoot numbers uh, overall this season were pretty good. Couldn't buy a bucket for shit. And then 8 it's an entirely different issue that comes down to effort. I strongly disagreed uh, with Monty's decision down the stretch in the fourth quarter to keep him on the floor at all. Because to be honest, I, I just didn't see a performance that was worth rewarding with late minutes where I didn't think he was giving any sort of physical advantage to Phoenix out there and I think they could have done a much better job down the stretch probably just by playing Durant or Torrey or whoever you want um, as a small ball five to match the the Clippers lack of size so yeah I mean both of those guys were it was rough man and you know we can kind of shrug it off tonight but we can't really because you can't shrug this stuff off forever it's gonna be a persistent issue.
1: I I want to just mention DeAndre and did end up with five offensive rebounds and and part of that was because they went small. Some of those were just tip ups at the rim that they were not didn't go in. But they were not
2: convincing offensive rebounds to me, Mike. To be no, I agree with you. And 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 honestly,
1: they're more convincing offensive rebounds. Came from Torrey Craig yeah. and Josh Kogi, and I was going to say also had five offensive rebounds. By the way, with Josh Kogi,
2: that's exactly right. They had Craig on the floor to end the game, and if they had just replaced Aiton with say Josh Kogi, I think they could have done a couple things. Actually, I think maybe you could have had. I mean, the Clippers. Let's
1: just talk about that. Clippers lineup was insane. Um, I, I. I mean, this was uh, this was emptying any like the absolute kitchen sink game by Ty Lue. They had they only to had try five guards. They had five guards. It was
2: Russell Westbrook, Eric Gordon, Norm Powell, and Bones Highlands. So the four, the only four guys on their roster without Kawhi who can generate any sort of offense altogether, and then Terrence Mann as like a three and D. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was kind of brilliant in a weird <laughs> in a weird yes, way for Tyloo. Like genius, uh, you know? It almost worked. I respected the I respected the ball. Yeah. But anyway, with with respect to Ayton, if you just sub out Ayton for Josh Akogi in that lineup. Akogi's pulling down just as many offensive rebounds, if not more. Um, they also could have thrown like Damian Lee in there. He actually had a good game tonight. Uh, made a couple of shots, so so that was good to see. I am still uh, firmly out on Landry Shamit and firmly in on just about so anyone Monty. else. Uh, and I think that's yeah. great. I think that's Damian absolutely Lee great. took
1: his place in the second half, and I think that was and this, and especially in this game, I think where uh you got to you got to outscore them like it's not entirely just a game about stopping them defensively you can kind of let them stop themselves in some ways you can ignore certain players but you have to outscore them and in this game uh it was big especially the way they're playing defense on the suns because the the level of which they're bringing two guys to guard kevin durant is is unlike anything i've ever seen in the playoffs before there it's really un, unlike anything i've ever seen there was a, a point in this game where Kevin Durant was just coming around a screen in the mid-range area, and there was two guys on him. He didn't even have the ball. They just had two guys double-teaming him off the ball because they're daring other guys to take shots on the Suns. And and Durant to his credit, who I think you could call this a bad Kevin Durant game for his standards because of the six turnovers, still had 28 points. Yeah, And yes, some of that was four free throws he made at the end of the game, which is 24 points, the reality. But on 15 shots, a a good game by him and a positive impact on the team overall. Oh, for sure. Dramatically. For sure. You know, dramatically. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. and and,
2: and I didn't mean to suggest that he didn't have, like, he, he just didn't have the type of Kevin Durant performance that we necessarily yeah. expect. He was still he was still quite good. And it really just comes down six to six turnovers is bad. Just I mean, that's comes what down you to those six Russell turnovers. Westbrook. And it just yeah. comes down to he doesn't even out of the double teams, I feel like he doesn't always see or even when he's not being double teamed, doesn't quite see the floor in the same way as Book or or maybe Chris Paul. But um but he's yeah. fine. He's he's not the guy to to nitpick tonight. Not yeah. at
1: all. Well, I think so much of the offense is just generated by them sending two guys at him. So regardless of the actual counting stats, impact wise, he has the largest impact. You know, just just as far as generating offense for other guys, um, and he still had five assists. By the way, out of those doubles, most of those passes, uh, I think were to Aiton. Had actually. some good ones, to, probably to Aiton. Actually, yeah, and and and, yeah, and to he, be honest, he had the largest impact on Aiton.
2: In the thir- I think it was in the third quarter where he was starting to find Aiden. Out of the Aiden was in the dunker spot. Um, Aiden even went up for a dunk at one point. God, can you believe it? He actually went for a dunk and got <laughs> fouled and went to the free throw line. And I was thinking to myself, like, I'm surprised he's still trusting him. the The amount of times that Aiden bobbled the ball in the first half alone maybe exceeded the number of times he'd bobbled the ball like it, it, at any other point this season. Like I had never seen anything like it. It was every time he touched the ball. He was and sometimes he got it back, but he would at least bobble it first. I don't know
1: what's going on with him, dude. I mean I know we've been frustrated before, been... but I don't know. <laughs> I don't. This may have been the worst playoff game by DeAndre in his in his son's jersey. And you add on to that, it may have been the worst Chris Paul game. <laughs> In the playoffs, in his son's jersey as well. And they still won. And, you know, so much of that is because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were out. Um, and, you know, sometimes the lucky breaks go your way. I will counter. Um, but
2: I will counter with Game 7 Mavs <laughs> was the worst game for okay, both of those fair. guys. But you this know, was they the didn't s- have COVID in this one, though. <laughs> this Maybe was, they do have COVID. This I This was know. the second <laughs> worst game for those guys. I'll give you that.
1: Yeah, but like seeing it's for Aiden. It's not just about him bobbling no. the ball, which of course is just visually the most frustrating thing because ninety percent of people are just watching the ball. So right, you see it happen. It's just so frustrating to see. His defense was terrible tonight. He
2: doesn't just awful. He doesn't jump ever. He 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 doesn't contest shots at the rim anymore. Like there's, or at I don't, the three point line. <laughs> I'm not expecting biz level impact from him necessarily. Like I know biz is a freak, but he's like one of the best shot blockers of his generation. But when you're just letting Norm Powell go up for like four foot floaters and you're you're not sticking a hand up like in wh- your
1: face, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's, it's fucking embarrassing. embarrassing. And then he got blocked by Nick Batum. I, I mean, there's just so much, so much of what is frustrating about this game is that DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul were bad. And they were not the focus of their defense. They should have been good. This should have been an easy game for them to be good. They put Nicholas Batum on DeAndre Ayton. They played with five guards on the floor with DeAndre Ayton on the floor. They completely leave Chris Paul when DeAndre Ayton has the ball on the perimeter. These two guys had a bad game in a scenario where they should have a great game. And the great news about all of this is they won. But to see them having this level of a game when the game is built for them to play well, I think proves two things. One, Ty Lue is daring them to to beat him. And, you know, in this game they did. Not really, though, because it was Devin Booker. And and, uh, two, I think you can expect a lot more of this. You know, after seeing what Tyloo it's almost the worst coach to play in the first round because it sets up what other teams can do in future rounds. Now, whether other teams have the capability of playing as sophisticated of a defense as the Clippers can remains to be seen. The nuggets of course don't. whether or not the Suns make it out of the first round also remains, remains to be, to be seen. seen. Great point. <laughs> and look, I still have a lot of faith in this team because they have mostly Devin Booker and Kevin Durant at this point. Devin Booker obviously being, I think, maybe the best player in the playoffs so far. Um, you know, you can make the case because his offense is absurd and his defense is... I, I don't even... I In all of my wildest expectations, I could not have put this kind of defensive performance in my mind. For Devin Booker, because it's not just his solid defense which he normally plays. He's like has all these event creation stats as well, yes. steals and blocks. And in this game, by the way, we even mentioned forty five point seven rebounds, three assists, three steals, two blocks, zero turnovers. That's insane. I mean, it's as perfect of a game as you're gonna see in the playoffs by any player. And it's just like, and this is why we won. Of course, you know, it's a funny thing. To have this conversation. And I'm frustrated coming into this immediately after the game. We talked about it. Sometimes the emotions come out on this podcast. I'm frustrated after watching that game. You should be. And I'm still in awe of Devin Booker. It's this weird uh, multiple uh, emotional feeling of having watching those guys and and what they just did.
2: Normally I don't like this when opposing fan bases throw this in our face. But like if Kawhi played tonight, we lose this game. We just do absolutely, and and it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't even matter if he plays well. You look at the whistle, the way the officials called it. The Suns had forty six free throws tonight. <laughs> uh yeah. if, if Kawhi had played, it was a lighter whistle. I, th- I think it's fine to admit that. And if Kawhi had played, that's ten more free throws for the Clippers right there. You know, that's just extra rim pressure, extra gravity that they're generating. It's it's just going to be automatic. It swings the game right in their favor. So the fact that it took this much just to eke out a win <laughs> versus the Clippers, it's it's really sad. And I think you're right to be frustrated (laughs) after a game like this they look vulnerable you compare this team to the team that we saw go to the finals two years ago Booker looks better he's poised to maybe have his best playoff run yet as long as the team can win enough games to stay in it however yeah however Aiton is a shell of what he was two years ago Chris Paul is a Mm -hmm. shell of what he was two years ago uh, Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson were obviously replaced by Josh Akogi and Torrey Craig I like those guys but it's not the same what the Suns have going for them is that Kevin Durant is on the team now and he's massive <laughs> in terms of his improvement
3: yeah but it
2: really is just him and Booker carrying the load other guys are doing the best they possibly can in their role Lord knows Torrey Craig continues to be awesome in his role it's not like we could expect anything else from a guy like Torrey Craig. We can't expect anything else from Bismack Biombo. He's killing his minutes. Um, but these other guys, these mid-tier players, need to step up. We need more out of yeah. Chris Paul and DeAndre Hayden. We need campaign back, too. Yeah. Maybe that would help. Maybe I think it forward.
1: would help a lot. Because the, the, the extent to which the Clippers try to slow down the Suns' offense. And the trouble they have. And you can see it with Devin Booker. When a guard gets downhill on them. Is pretty obvious, and I think actually, campaign, were he to be healthy in the next game, could could make a dramatic difference because they just struggle when guys um, turn on the Jets a little bit. They just don't have a lot of guys who can keep up with them, Uh, and that's one of the reasons Booker had such a great game. Other than his just, how about that turnaround? three-point shot with the shot clock expiring yep. from the corner. <laughs> what in the world is that? Like, How do you even there was, do that? He's, there was
2: that. He had several and ones in this game. He split two defenders one time. Insane. Uh, insane. I mean, the number of highlights you can generate from this game alone for him, it's it's nuts. And I saw we both and, retweeted. And watching the game is. Mm-hmm. Well, we both retweeted that stat from Shane Young. I, I just thought it was really poignant about this was his 15th playoff game with 40 points, and just you look at him on the list compared to some of the names who also he tied, um, I think it was Tracy McGrady, right? He tied Kyrie Irving, uh, Joel Embiid, Jason he Tatum. He passed Joel Embiid. He passed Joel Embiid, sorry. He passed sorry, Tracy McGrady, he pa- more than
1: Tracy McGrady. Yeah, I mean,
2: just, well, Mac kind of makes sense if you think about it, because he's kind of the, never, got, play out, enough, yeah. never got out of the first round. It was the same story with yeah. him every year. But those other guys, like, he's younger than Kyrie, He's younger than Embiid, and I think you could argue like his his profile is still lower than those guys. Weirdly, in some way, Uh, probably because Embiid is about to win MVP, and Kyrie was, you know, in I don't know. I don't know if his profile is actually lower than Kyrie at this point. Maybe He got to play with LeBron. (laughs) Yeah, Kyrie got to play with LeBron. He had a weird couple of years, though, so I guess it's a different story now. But the the level of impact that Book has had, not just as a regular season scorer, but as a playoff scorer at this point, he has more than proven himself.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. And the thing about
1: watching him in this game in particular was every single time the Clippers were making a run, it was snuffed out by a Devin Booker shot. And oftentimes, like with not a lot of time left on the shot clock, he just put it put the crowd down too, right? It wasn't just necessarily killing their momentum. It was also killing the crowd, not letting them be part of the game, which in this playoffs, crowds have been pretty important for uh you know, the, the Warriors just won today. The, the Kings had that insane crowd for their first two games and they beat the Warriors. Like, the crowd matters in some of these away games. And to, to go into L.A. again, by the way, and have a 45-plus point performance again because he's done this in that building before against the Lakers, it's just insane. You know, I, I mentioned it online. You can't take what he is doing for granted because most players don't do it. And there was a moment of this game where I almost forgot just how good he was playing because I just expected it. And you know how crazy that is to expect somebody to play this well? That's the level that he has gotten to, I think, so far in his career. It's just, it's a joy to watch him play. And I hope, look, Chris Paul's old. So, like, this is going to happen. He's not going to get better. But I hope he can step up. DeAndre Ayton. Zero excuses for DeAndre Ayton at this point. He has to play better in order to justify what Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are doing. He has to play better. No excuses at this point. Also, I'm tired of hearing them.
2: Like, in you know, again, just I hated the decision actually to close the game with him because I just didn't think he deserved those minutes. Um, you can get away with that against the Clippers, though, because you could choose to just play KD at the five and, and there's your small ball lineup. If they do escape this series, and Jokic is playing 40 minutes a game next series, because you're going to, let's face it, you're going to be playing Denver. I don't think Minnesota is coming back (laughs) in that series. They suck. Um, Good night. Um, We could beat Denver. I mean, I maybe shouldn't talk too much about Denver, because they just need to get out of this series first. But it's just like, if you want a real extended long run to the finals, you're not beating these teams without an engaged DeAndre Ayton. You're just not. You don't have a chance.
1: And look, I, if you're confused, if you're listening to this and you're going, why are they attacking Aiton so much? Watch it again and only watch him on defense. Late, late on contests, not jumping near the rim, fouling at bad times, including the initial foul to start the game, which was in, the, in his only foul in this game, but other games have had some not great timing on his fouls. Let's just say that. But also, there were two DHOs in particular that really stood out in this game. Norman Powell on both of them. Just coming around a screen. The first one was Torrey Craig chasing him. And Ayton just didn't step up. The other guy in the play was Plumlee. You can give Plumlee sp- space to roll to the rim. There's another guy down there that's seven feet tall and Kevin Durant. It's fine. And it was just a wide open three. The next play, they do the exact same thing. But this time it's Devin Booker. And uh, he doesn't contest. He's just too low. There's just It's a wide open shot. And... You could see the frustration mounting. Devin Booker immediately screamed at him and slammed his hands together. Played a little bit better after that stretch. Sometimes it happens the very next time they tried to run that play. Aiton was all the way up on Norm Powell. And it forced a turnover because he couldn't pass out of a double team. And it, what's frustrating is everyone else knew he was supposed to be that high. He didn't. It took three plays to get there. And that that is the type of thing that happens with DeAndre Aiton that... He's the most important defensive player on the team. Nobody is as important as the center when it comes to defense. So, when you have a diminished role offensively, it means everything else you do becomes more important. And at this point, like the fact that a championship, winning a championship for Devin Booker kind of rests on DeAndre Ayton's shoulders, I think we're beyond making excuses at this point. I I mean, I guess I don't have to say much more about it. I think um at this
2: point. I think frustration comes to a head for a lot of these guys in different ways definitely you saw some of Booker's frustration I think the other guy to talk about in terms of that is KD was frustrated tonight visibly in in the body language you could see it and I think the climax there was he, he you know he had that ferocious dunk at one point which was just absolutely sick by the way coming down at the, yeah it was it was a little bit more of a fast break play there um but I think he was trailing the play. Uh, this was in the second half had a ferocious dunk and just does the frustration from KD, I, I guess because it could come in a couple of different places. So my question for you, do we think it's more in reaction to his role and he doesn't necessarily, you know, he's he's a little bit frustrated by this role of maybe being in places on offense where he doesn't he, he's just not used to being like let's face it he's not used to spending so much time in the corner in some offensive sets or on the other hand is it frustration in reaction to very specifically how the Clippers are playing him and oh shit now I have to like trust these guys <laughs> I have to trust Chris Paul spot-up threes and DeAndre Ayton uh, rim rolls in order to get it done because that's just you know I'm turning the ball over because all of the defensive attention is on me when I touch it which do you think it kind of swings more towards
1: Look, I, I, I'm sure there were instances where he was not happy he didn't get the ball, but there probably were instances of that from a lot of people. And, and Kevin Durant is the one of the best players in the NBA, so I understand his frustration with not getting it over and over and over again. But I imagine, and just by watching this game, that he's much more frustrated by the level of physicality they're allowing on him which he's fouled so much, so much, and yes, he shot 11 free throws in this game, so it finally, it finally actually paid off, and like I said, four of those were at the end, so really seven uh, without the intentional fouls at the very end of the game, but they're just bumping him every time he moves, they're grabbing him, they're clawing at him, they're fouling him from behind just so often, and I think that's impacted him pretty dramatically, and then I think the turnovers. I think he was bothered by his own turnovers. I, and, and you could see it, and I agree, that that dunk was not just a dunk to score two points. No, absolutely you know? not. That was one of those dunks where he was like, "I'm this is mine. I'm getting this dunk. I am taking out my frustration on the rim. But look, if he was frustrated with his performance tonight and even the Suns as a team, he should be. So it is what it is. They need to figure out a way to make it better for the next game as a team and including him six turnovers is not great i'm gonna say it again he needs to be better take you can't give the ball away when a team like the clippers is so not healthy that they just need anything that they can get to try to win the game you know and you're just gifting them extra possessions and in this game That was something that he did. So, look, if he's frustrated with not getting the ball enough, that's going to happen every once in a while. I don't think it's going to happen often, I think. In fact, just watch the game again. He gets the ball a lot, has to give it up right away because they double him, and he's making the right basketball play on those um, plays. You know, Monty Williams just now, while we're recording this, said he feels bad for Kevin Durant sometimes because he's an expensive decoy, and it's true. But the thing is, it's not just standing in the corner. It's also just giving it to him in the post. They know what's going to happen when Mm -hmm. they give it to him in the post. They know what's going to happen when he comes around the screen. Two guys are going to guard him. And that's their only chance, the Clippers, to to do anything against this team is to try to limit Durant as much as possible. Um, But to his credit, that's what gets the ball moving. That's what gets Torrey Craig wide open.
2: Yeah, I, I will say by the way just about Craig um and and Akogi specifically Josh Akogi was up to 21 minutes in this game. I thought that was interesting because that's thought it was a, good. It's a series yeah. high for him now. And look, it's hard to bench Craig all that much right now because he's just been so phenomenal. And and we're assuming Kawhi comes back in the next game at least for now. I think he's questionable, but if he does, it goes right back to the old strategy of Monty's going to want. For better or worse, <laughs> whether you agree with this or not, Monty's going to want the defensive size on him, so Craig is going to continue to start. Um, but I was glad to see Kogi get even more minutes. I still think he's just a better cutter. So specifically in those situations where KD is getting doubled, I, I just like to see those two on the floor at the same time because I think he'll have some opportunities to find Kogi. I like the way he moves, and and I like the chemistry that he developed with the main unit um, in the only eight games that they play together in the regular season. Um, also three point shooting is another thing I wanted to focus on here Uh, we're we're trending very slowly in the right direction in the last yeah post-game reaction pod I uh, said 30 is my target I want 33 point attempts and it's not like a firm quota it's not a failure if you get 29 yeah but 30 in general is what I think this team should be shooting for as a team that centralizes its offense in the mid-range, but sh- still should be trying to develop some good shots outside of it. And they had 19 in Game 1. They had 24 in Game 2. They had 27 tonight. They only shot 37%. They would have shot better if Chris Paul could have made a couple of open ones. Uh, we're still we're getting there. We're still not there. Do you have any thoughts on, on three-point shooting and what this team can do yeah, to, actually, to kind of improve that?
1: It, it brings up something that I wanted to talk about anyway, and that's Damian Lee getting minutes. It seems like what Monty's going to do is he's going to try something at least in these last two games. He's going to try something in the first half, and if it doesn't work, pull the plug immediately. And that was in this game: Landry Shamit and TJ Warren. Uh, you got your way, and I think you were right. Even though Landry Shamit technically the Suns played okay when he was on the floor, he can't shoot. It's gone. It's the gone. 3 point shot's gone. Don't it's don't, gone. It's just gone. He's two for. So that he's means the Suns something in this series. Yeah, and it would be something if
2: he could drive to the rim and like make a layup. But he shoots like thirty-five percent on layups too. No. It doesn't get called too. I, I like, he's give a sh- willing to I don't, to get, jump I into don't the give context, a shit about but. the defense. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, fucking <laughs> taking one from Logan Roy. Uh, just fuck off. You're done.
1: <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, I, I thought Terrence Ross was going to be fine. the guy. But, uh, but Damian Lee did a good job. Well, the thing about playing Damian Lee, and I wanted to mention it here because we don't know if Kawhi is coming back for the next game. It seemed like they, in the reporting, they, they seemed to leave that pretty open for him to come back in the next game not a lot of time off though it's it's Saturday early um but if he does come back I'm not sure you can play Damian Lee so I thought this was a smart game to play it because the thing about Damian Lee is a great shooter an okay team defender a bad one-on-one defender and that means if Kawhi is in he's gonna single him out and just score on him over and over and over again there's nothing that Damian Lee can do This game, I thought, was a pretty smart game to give Damian Lee minutes because there's really nobody on the Clippers that can target him in the way that Kawhi can. And the other part is the extent to which they were sending two guys at Durant, that shooting, that type of shooting that they got from Damian Lee, who was two for three in this game, was really important. You know, I think it actually helped them out a lot to have somebody that, one, Can hit the three, but two just created a little bit of panic if he was open. You know, it wasn't necessarily just about when he hit the two threes, it's about when they were causing confusion because they're trying to help and trying to figure out who they need to help off of. And Damian Lee caused a little bit of that confusion. So uh, I'll be interested to see if he plays, if Kawhi Leonard's playing. I don't think it hurts to give him a try just because they're so desperate for shooting at this point. But that defense, I think it could become a problem. If Kawhi Leonard is is in. Um, But yeah, happy to see him play. And and I think he helped with the three-point shooting in this game in particular. You know, I'm looking at the box score right now. Just trying to see if there's anything
2: I missed here of like observations. Um, Aiden had one foul in 35 minutes. And I just think... Yeah, 10
1: seconds into the game.
2: (laughs) Was it 10 seconds into the game? I didn't even remember when it was. Basically, yeah. It's just telling because... Like, not that you want guys to pick up fouls necessarily, but, like, a defense you hear for him is, oh, he's avoiding foul trouble. You know, he's going straight up verticality. Like, the reason he doesn't jump uh, or even contest shots is because supposedly he's avoiding foul trouble. That's bullshit. He had one foul in 35 minutes. He can afford to contest shots at the rim. He just didn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the other thing that stands out, one for eight, from three from Chris Paul. You know? oh for 2 from the free throw the, line, too. He, he, th- those oh, some, my God, those yeah. Those are some clutch two,
2: minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, 0 oh for 2 I mean, from dude, if, uh, if, DeAndre and in the clutch minutes, too. Both of those guys who both had bad games, both missing free throws, you know, four in a row, and then following that up with a Torrey Craig foul and a Norman Powell three-point shot, which he had a four-point play. Torrey Craig made up for it. The other guys didn't. Torrey Craig did. By hitting a huge huge three-pointer uh, um, to seal the game uh, but the other guys man rough rough shout rough,
2: out man. just quick shout out norm powell by the way we said that he could explode um that he was like the difference between these two benches and that he was the only guy we said this in our s- series preview he was the only guy between the two benches who like could be a starter like a real real starter in terms of scoring impact and uh, I just hope he got his 40-point game out of the way, and then that's it for the series. And we don't have to worry about it as much uh, for the rest of the time because he tends to be a little streaky. But, yeah, he, he was great. 7 for 12 from deep, 15 of 23. Yeah. He gets to the free throw line too, so he, he really can score from anywhere.
1: I mean, the Suns survived a game where they shot over 40% from the three-point line, and that's a huge thing for the Clippers. That was their only way into this game. That was their only way to win, and uh, Devin Booker didn't let them. And that's really the story of the game. They they did everything they can. They threw everything they could at the Suns. A lot of crazy things that we would have never predicted because we had no idea Kawhi Leonard could miss the game. And the Suns uh, still ended up winning the latest game, the latest start time of uh, of any of the games. Sam, I bring this up for you. And and there were s- over 60 free throws <laughs> shot. Dude, it was the longest freaking game it's in the world. Man. It's It's uh, just, I can't, yeah.
2: Luckily, game four is on a Saturday. That
1: we can end this one now. (laughs) Game four is on Saturday. It's at a normal time. You can watch it with us on playback. I'm very excited to do that. We still plan on recording a podcast after that one. Uh, But yeah, game four, Saturday. Who knows what kind of news we'll get between now and then uh, about Kawhi Leonard? Hard for us to preview any adjustments without knowing what's going to happen with him. Uh, so yeah watch that one with us we'll talk about it as it happens looking forward to watching that one with everyone that's gonna be a tough one that's probably the most difficult game the Suns are gonna face in this series unless it gets to game seven Uh, so hopefully they pull that one out have a chance to finish them out at home but thanks everyone for listening and we'll be back with you very soon